Welcome to The Owl Hoot, a podcast for the environmentally curious, with me, Caroline Norbury. On each episode, I chat with a guest who contributes in some way to protecting the planet on matters of climate change, sustainability, biodiversity and pollution. Here is a place where you can gain new knowledge and be inspired. Enjoy listening. episode, I am pleased to be joined by Mina Alanka Falola, CEO and founder of the social enterprise Compost Works. Mina grew up in Finland to ecologically conscious parents in a home where composting was the norm. Building on 20 years of experience in the voluntary sector, Mina devised the concept of Compost Works while undertaking a startup programme at the School for Social Entrepreneurs in 2018. In pursuing her ethos of being the change you want to see, Mina demonstrates food waste is not rubbish. I am super excited to know more about the organisation and the benefits of community composting. Welcome, Mina, to the podcast. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So I'd like to start because you grew up in Finland to parents that were already on the environmental trajectory, if you like. Tell me what that was like growing up in that sort of environment. What did it, what did it look like? Well, we lived in a detached house, as do many Finns. It's not unheard of at all. We had a garden, um, and in the garden we had a converted chest freezer, which operated all year round as a compost bin. So it was a hot compost system, uh, and in, you know, including cold uh, Finnish winters, it operated in minus thirty and so on. So for me, I never really paid that much attention to the compost itself or the fact that we separated our food waste it was just the it was just what we did so it was an obvious thing to do it was yes yeah, so I kind of just grew up with it as as a normal thing to do as also we also separated or you know uh, paper and cardboard from a very early age so it's just like a, it's been a natural part of my 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 way of life and was that similar to other Finnish people in your neighbourhood? Uh, was that just the social norm across the board? A lot more common, but I don't, I don't actually think anyone else had a... Or most people didn't have converted chest freezers. Or, and I don't think that many people necessarily separated food waste to the extent that we did. So for me, it was the norm, but actually, was it a norm across the board? Probably not really. I think people probably had compost heaps more like open heaps which may have operated in the summers but not so in, in the winter so I think in that sense my parents probably were um, sort of pioneering at that time which would have been in the early 80s. Absolutely and obviously you live in Liverpool now when did you make that switch over and did you get a sense of oh why isn't everyone else doing this? So before I moved to Liverpool, I came to Liverpool when I was 21, but before that I moved away from my parents' home and went to university and very quickly realised that actually I, I need to compost. It's, it's actually something I'm used to doing and it's not right. It just does not feel right to throw food waste in the bin. So I devised, whilst at university, my own composting systems in my, my, my flat, <laughs> my various flats. So there was lots of experimentation on their home-built home systems. Some were successful, others weren't. So I did have systems where the worms literally um, 
vacated <laughs> the compost bin uh, and I'd come home and they'd be crawling across the wooden floors trying to get away, <laughs> get away from the compost. So early experiments, some of them weren't successful. I moved to Liverpool in 2000, sorry, 1997, yeah, last century now, um, and there was very little recycling here, never mind composting. So that was uh, that was a bit of a culture shock. So um, eventually, I mean, I didn't straight away have a compost system when I came here. I, li I lived in a shared flat, but I did very soon after that. I started again um, with some more experience, experience this time, started uh, setting up my own home systems. So it's always been a real desire and a real I've, it's had a real sense of importance to me that food waste just does not go in the bin. So in that sense, it's been a real sort of strong um, element in my way of life, in my personal kind of belief system. So to get to the nitty gritty of, of why it's important, can you first sort of uh, tell me, what, what, are we, what are we talking about when we're talking about composting? What does it look like? So uh, home, well, home composting systems, for example, uh, the, separating your food waste is important because well, certainly like in Liverpool city region in this area, food waste is about 39% of um, household food waste. That's a significant amount of waste. Um, and if you start taking that away from your bin and you recycle your waste, actually what you will soon realise that most of the things that we need to throw away is plastic. There isn't really a um, proper system, certainly not in, in, in where I live, for recycling plastic waste, whereas everything else really you can take away from the uh, waste stream quite efficiently. Um, food waste you can compost in many, many different ways. There are lots of different systems available for small spaces and for people with gardens as well. So there's, there's, there's kind of no excuse that, oh, I don't have a garden, I can't compost. Well, you could have a wormery or you could use possibly communal sites or there's 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 often a, a solution to a problem that's a good point that you make because lots of people will just kind of assume okay if I've got a garden I can compost and if I don't I won't sort of thing before we get right into how composting works why don't we want com uh, food waste to go to landfill in Liverpool city region, it actually doesn't go into landfill. It goes for incineration, but it's a massive uh, operation. So in, in Liverpool, which is in north, north, northwest of England, uh, waste gets collected and then it gets taken to the northeast in trains where it gets incinerated. So you can imagine the, um, you know, the amount of transport and labour and and uh, you know emissions costs uh, huge operations and we're talking such vast amounts of waste and just the idea of it being shipped across or not shipped but transported across the country on a train just I don't know for me it just seems completely bonkers and then it's burned okay it's waste to energy so there is a benefit to it but there's still a, a residual toxic ash which is a landfillable waste and also once you burn something it's gone whereas composting is um, is a system devised by mother nature or it's a natural process where things go back into earth there is no waste so you 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 have your food waste you compost it you you get compost which is a component of soil you can grow more food you get more food waste, you can compost it, you know, it's a cycle rather than a linear system where things just get used and, and chopped and, and that's it, it's gone. And then you need another product to replace it. 
that that whole linear system that so reflects so many different parts of the way we currently live our lives absolutely and we are seeing the impact of that now big time yeah and again you quite rightly say this whole making it more circular and using nature it seems like a an obvious win-win so if if somebody was thinking about their food waste and composting what are they actually doing what what what, what do they have to do do they just have to put it in a bin is that what, what else needs to go in there so if you want to compost your food waste obviously one you need to need to have a compost system somewhere so whether it's a wormery in your yard or a I don't know some sort of Dalek system in your in your garden or maybe a communal system or maybe there's a food waste collection service which gets composted rather than um, incinerated or uh, anaerobically digested um, you need to have a mix of ingredients so composting is a is a system it's not just one ingredient it's not just one product so you need to have a a good balance of materials so we call them greens and browns so greens are the fresh materials so your plant waste um, tea bags in terms of household waste tea bags peelings scraps other other bits and food bobs from your kitchen but you also need brown material which is uh, things like shredded cardboard shredded paper wood chip if you have that so animal bedding would be a good um source of browns um wood chip or the you know material like that so uh, you need to have a it's like an it's like a you need to create a healthy ecosystem in your compost bin and that comes from the right balance of ingredients and a good rule of thumb uh, as a for a normal sort of compost system is 50% green waste and 50% brown waste so many people make the mistake of just putting food waste into their compost and then they wonder what's going on it's things go smelly things go stinky there's no structure there's lots of liquids and actually that doesn't result in compost so you need to have a balance of ingredients and does it matter if you overdo it on the browns then because obviously it sounds like if you put too much greens in all that vegetable waste you you get a horrible smelly mess Um, what happens if you put too much browns in it's quite difficult to put too much browns in to be honest like certainly in terms of household waste so you can have more than 50% browns that's fine obviously if you just like bung in lots of cardboard and paper and just a couple of tea bags well that's not gonna (laughs) that's not gonna happen so there's a certain percentage of greens that you do need to have but rarely people have too much browns in terms of household um, food waste or household composting Okay, so we've got the sense of what composting is. You also mentioned, I ought to perhaps add at this point, you mentioned wormeries. What is the difference between throwing your greens and browns together in a location and then worms? <laughs> what are we doing with these worms? So wormery systems, they're slightly different in the sense that um, often it's a system that you purchase. So it's a tiered system where uh, worms live on one level and the other tiers are either spare um, levels that you lose, you, you use later or the tier where the worm casts, which is the worm poo, drops into. And the, the, you, can, you can have worms in other composting systems as well, but wormeries are sort of special systems which can fit in very small spaces. So if you just have a yard, um, it'd be very useful, you know, good system to have. Or you can, in some cases, even have them indoors, providing you don't have them near a radiator where the worms can dry out. 
they are good systems in the sense that um, they produce a really high quality um, compost product at the end of it. They can take a, a wider variety of material than, for example, like a bog standard Dalek bin system could take. And you've got your kind of, you can observe the worms doing the, doing the work. So it's an interesting, it's got kids as well. It's, it's an interesting system to have uh, as an educational tool for your, your children. In wormeries, you can just put food waste in and then what you do is you top it up with shredded paper. So there's still an element of brown material, dry material that needs to go in. But often if you buy a shop board system, they come with, they always come with a really good instruction manuals. So um, you can, you know, you, you, you can learn how to do it well with that. Yeah. And so one last thing about the actual doing of it and how it works, it, or perhaps it won't be the last, I'll think of something else in a minute. <laughs> but um <laughs> Are there things that are absolutely you must not put in a compost bin? Well, you can compost everything. So everything that the way nature's designed, I mean, it, it, it is that everything that's lived or has come from a living person, so i.e. poo, uh, could be composted. But you need a good, you need the appropriate system for it. So if you have a one of those, I'm calling them Dalek bins. I'm sure many people know what a Dalek system means, which is a very sort of typical conical um, plastic uh, composting system that you can buy in garden centers, commonly known as Dalek bins. They can't take cooked food waste. So they're not particularly rodent proof and it's the cooked food specifically that uh, rodent, rodents are attracted to. Also, these sort of systems don't get hot enough to deal with the pathogens in animal products or cooked food products. So depending on your system, that, that kind of dictates what can go in. But you can buy systems like hot bins, aero bins, as various different brands, um, where where you can we, where you can put everything. So bones, uncooked meat, fish, anything. So depends what sort of system you have. That will that will kind of limit what can go in. But there are systems for composting everything. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So you've grown up doing composting, you've brought it over to, to the UK where you set up a new life. Uh, and then you've decided down the track that actually, why isn't why isn't it happening more widely, I imagine? What led you to thinking about compost works and devising this, this very nice social enterprise that you've put together? To be honest, I, I, I never thought that something that was just it, it, I'm not I'm not trying to minimize it but it was just like my personal life's passion I never thought that it could be a job or you know a, a career um, I was I worked for a, a voluntary sector organization in Liverpool for 15 years and towards the later years of, of my time there I was sort of pondering this is not quite it I, I'm not really an office worker I'm I, want to do something but I didn't know what it was it was a good job and you know great great ethos and in many ways a, a really great place to work for but just not fulfilling me on some level and somebody suggested to me that I should um, maybe get a mentor on having those conversations with friends a friend of mine Debbie Lander suggested that she could she could give it a go she could mentor me and we had some uh, we didn't have that many sessions maybe five mentoring sessions intense um mentor also because we know each other knew each other or know each other very well she was it was it was sort of we, we just delved in there 
in this sort of creative mentoring process and she pulled this idea from my head it was already in my head I just didn't kind of it wasn't formalized she pulled this idea from my head that composting was actually so much my passion that it had to come out somehow it had to become something and, for, and that was in 2016 so then for two more years I kind of pondered it kind of it, the spark was lit but it wasn't really taking shape until 2018 I just suddenly felt no this is this is this has to something has to happen so I quit my job and I applied to um, the school for social entrepreneurs startup program which you mentioned in the beginning and I got onto it, so it felt like the uh, the stars were aligned. I quit my job, and pretty soon after, I got onto this startup program, which started later in 2018, and that was instrumental in uh, Compost Works, which was already a seed idea, but I didn't know what exactly it was going to be. But during that year on that program, the idea became a business, which I registered in um, in September 2019. So that's when it started officially. That, that's that's lovely. I, I, what I really like about that is that whole mentoring, taking you through, use, you know, discovering what's actually in your brain and yeah, pulling it yeah. out and making it really useful and finding something that aligns with your values. Yes. Uh, and also you've been very brave to go, right, that was what I was doing. And now for something very new, okay, composting is not new to you, but using it in a very new way and branching out on your own that's uh it's it's very commendable so thank you <laughs> i imagine the adrenaline was high uh what did you think it was going to look like in terms of compost works how did you see it how what was your vision for the for the enterprise it's it's interesting you say that because my vision was i didn't want food to go in the bin so it, the kind of business side of things i've just been learning as i go along and there's been there's kind of several now three three i mean it was set up in 2019 but we couldn't really start operating until july 2020 because of covid covid we got funding soon after the company was registered uh, which came through just as the first lockdown started so we actually couldn't start delivering anything till july 2020 so it's now really under two years in, in under two it's two years that we've actually been operating nearly three what two and a half years that we've been set up as a business but the the vision from the beginning was i didn't want food waste to go in the bin that was really i didn't hadn't thought beyond that actually what does that look like as a business in terms of sustainability a business plan all of that was kind of a secondary I was just like on a mission to do my bits in diverting food waste from the bin so in terms of vision that was the vision um, the vision is now taking more of a shape as kind of as things progress so we've set up in, in less than two years we set up 18 sites across Liverpool city region some of them are in public locations so these are sites that are used by local people so that, that we set up a compost system in a residential area or in a community garden in some some cases um, and those sites are then used by either local residents who live in the vicinity or the volunteers and uh, staff who use those community gardens and the service users and some of those um, compost systems have been the way they've been funded um, the 
we set them up and we trained the organizations to manage them and some of the compost um, sites we we still manage them so there's like a couple of different ways of operating um but now we kind of get into a point of okay there's a lot of interest figuring out how do we keep the momentum going how do we how do we grow i haven't got answers to all of those questions but the the, the ethos is still the same that we want to divert food waste from the bin and that's either through setting up these sites or through running educational activities so we also run training we go to schools we give talks um, and things like that so it's the aim is to inspire people to do it either do it themselves or to have a communal system that they will use okay so you've got these two strands you've got the knowledge sharing the knowledge with as many people and in different groups as you can and then you've got this hardcore action where you're putting these systems in place i imagine the first one was a bit of a test run uh, how did yeah. you decide on where to put this first system in and how did that take shape so uh, the the chair of my board suggested that the first people we approach are there's a there's one ward in liverpool that is governed by well it's, has three council three green party councillors um as, as the ward councillors other other wards either have mixed um you know people from a couple of different parties or just a single uh, another party um, and she suggested that we approach these councillors because they're from the green party therefore they might be more keen than maybe other political um movements to support this sort of pilot project and she was right they were and they funded our pilot site they were very keen and in fact uh they Pretty soon after that, they also said they'll do it, they'll fund another site as well. So they, the first two sites uh, are on that particular ward, uh, and actually it wasn't. I'm I'm really grateful for them, but it wasn't really that difficult to to get the funding because there is no food waste collection service in Liverpool, and obviously, as I mentioned before, it's a large quantity of household food. Food uh, household waste is food, so there's a there's there's a there's a need for it and as it turned out there's a lot of interest people actually want to they want to separate they want to compost their food waste they don't want to throw it in the bin our sites are set up in uh, residential areas but we don't collect the food waste so that's a, that's like another kettle of fish there's legislation there's all sorts of um, red tape around that understandably so um this is like self-service so if, if you want to compost your food waste there's your site there's a caddy you, you need to do it yourself you drop it off yourself so um but you, what we have found is there's a lot of interest there's a huge amount of interest in fact there's more interest than what we can actually cater for at the moment restriction being funding but certainly the interest is very much very much there but, I mean, that's really encouraging it itself because it's one thing for you to be enthusiastic about composting. Uh, but if you were in a in a, a sea of where everyone is going, why would we do that? Then that would make the whole thing a lot harder, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. As you said before as well, what was the vision? My my vision to begin with, my my vision didn't include the fact that people might not be bothered. <laughs> they might not want it. Thankfully you know people are bothered so that's kind of helped things along otherwise I think it would have been a short-lived business yeah but it's also uh, I imagine this is very good for the soul not only because you're you're following your passion but seeing other people also be interested in because sometimes you can feel that 
it's a bit of a difficult movement being involved in making things more environmentally friendly or being more sustainable. You, you can feel like you might be a bit of a lone voice, but when you come up and you, you see lots of people wanting to engage that, that must really fuel your ambition, I imagine, anyway. It's absolutely wonderful. The feedback that we get from people who use our sites has been just so heartwarming. And people who then might have to leave the scheme because they're moving away from Liverpool, then they email us saying, OK, take us off the, the database when we're moving to another city. And we hope they've got a similar service because we've loved being part of it. There's just been the feedback's been wonderful. And we, we sent out some surveys as well and just great feedback. And also it's nice to hear people say that they love seeing um, their neighbours doing those trips with the caddies and they feel a sense of community and sense of connection to their community and and in 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 in, in that subtle way i think community composting is also building communities and, and you know in, increasing community cohesion and obviously we're producing compost from locally collected food waste so there's that circularity aspect as well uh, the compost is then given out to the people who use that compost site and if there's any surplus that goes to local allotments or other local um, food project food um, or growing projects so the idea is that there's minimal transport uh, in involved and it's kind of local food to waste to food that circularity is there so you mentioned uh, when people move away, they have to let you know to come off the database. So does that mean uh, you know everybody that is actually taking a caddy to to the compost location? People aren't just turning up with their food waste. They have to no. register. Yeah, you have to register. So our sites have a, a there's capped number of members and our compost bins are locked. So people only people who register for that particular site i.e. they've had the either had the caddy or they've definitely had the information sheet because not everybody they might already have a caddy so they don't need our caddies but only people who've we know the size of their household as well so we can monitor the number of people because we can't overwhelm the systems with hundreds of people potentially dumping in loads of garden waste you know so it, it, it's it's a membership scheme a limited number people have had the information sheet people people are on regular contact with us because we send out like regular updates and so so there's like a, a kind of we keep a close eye on how many people are using each site and this is the sites that we manage the, the the other sites which are now managed by the community gardens they deal with their memberships but again they know how how many people should you know use it and you shouldn't go over a certain amount of uh, people so you don't overwhelm the system yeah, I, I, that's, I, I was wondering how you, you managed, um, how that all sort of operationally works. So uh, when, it, when it gets full, uh, or does it get full, what, how long do you leave it before it's, because obviously it doesn't magically overnight become really useful uh, compost. How long do you have to leave it before you can then put it out to whoever is going to take the compost? So the sites have uh, three compost bins sometimes four depending on the number of users so we've got a couple of sites which have more users so we've increased um, the size of the site by building simply building another compost bin uh, the wooden uh, wooden systems about cubic meter each but the standard site has three of those and they're used in rotation so you fill one up and if it's at full capacity which is about 40 to 50 households uh, that one 
compost bin will fill up in about four months, three to four months, depending on uh, how how much fresh, you know, how much cooking people are doing, how much waste they're producing, but about three, three to four months on, on average. Uh, you then lock that one up and start the next one. And then when that one fills up, you start the third one. And then by the time the third one is full, the first one then is ready to be emptied and used. So it, it works well that way. It kind of, it fits. So the, uh, the first system is ready in about 10 months time to be used. And did you, when you started uh, doing this, did you have all those sorts of things? Did you know that it was going to work like that? Or is it kind of evolved as you've, as you've you know, realised the demands and the experience of what it's actually going to look like in that community setting? When I was doing the startup course with the School for Social Entrepreneurs, I did lots of research on um, other community composting possibly happening in Liverpool, uh, not in Liverpool, in the UK, tried to find out as much as possible about what, what's already out there. And I visited uh, Brighton and Hove Food partnership in Brighton who have a community composting scheme I already had an idea what I wanted to do uh, and it was it was surprising to see that what they had was very similar to what what I had so I had a really fruitful visit to Brighton and visited a couple of their site and met, met the uh, the chief executive there very helpful so that kind of cemented or gave me practical guidance on on what to do in Liverpool but still saying that the pilot site was the big learning curve. So really, you don't know how how much you can't really, although we, we kind of have a rough number of we have a number of members for each site, but you still can't quite guarantee how much waste they are producing because you don't know how much that particular how much food waste and peelings and things like that that particular group of people might be producing. So there was, with the first two sites, there was very much like we were learning as we were going along. And one of the sites we actually had to expand to four bins because they were just filling up so quickly. And by the time the third bin was full, the first one wasn't ready yet. So it was like, okay, let's think on our feet and build another one. So yeah, so there's been, there's definitely been elements of um, like learning as you go along and quickly having to adapt and and realizing that the, the vision of just I don't want food waste to go in the bin that's not quite enough you do need to build a whole kind of um, program and picture and schedule and um, structure around that idea and how have you found those challenges because inevitably when you start something that you've not done before even if you've got the vision and you've got an idea of how it's going to work how, how have you met those challenges is it has it been oh my gosh how did I get here or is it or have you gone yeah I knew this was coming there's been there's been a few oh my gosh moments <laughs> I have to say I think with the pilot site the first site when I when I kind of realized that oh, uh oh the, uh, the they're really filling up quickly okay this is what am I going to do? There's like a hundred people using this, <laughs> using this site. Um, help! What am I going to do with this? All this food waste. But then it was just like, okay, I'm just going to have to build. I'll have to take it on the chin. I, I haven't got funding for building a fourth um, composter for the site, but I'm going to have to. You know, okay. I'll, I'll have to take the money from other bits from that grant and just build it and then adapt for the next site so it's been it's been value and we've modified the compost bins as well into a larger system as a result of that and I'm actually glad that that learning came so early 
literally like few months uh, down the line from when we started in 2020. It came came about so early in the process that I was I was able to after the initial panic, um, able to think of the solutions which actually work fine and there hasn't been such issues since. Excellent. So it sounds like you're getting to the point of it being a well-oiled machine and you're sca- scaling up. What's the ambition then? How, where do you see? How far do you see this going? I mean, the, the, definitely scaling up is now very much like forefront of, of our thoughts and scaling up. I think this sort of communal composting is great for people who are prepared to walk to their local site, which isn't everybody, as you can imagine. And, and you know, you can understand why people have busy lives. People might have loads of kids. They might have mobility issues whole host of uh, it might not be the priority of their their concerns you know there's whole whole bunch of um, reasons why this sort of composting communal composting isn't suitable for everybody um, so our, our longer term vision is to look into food waste collections uh, having larger sites for composting but we're very much focusing on composting so we're not going to be about um any other type of food waste processing, such as anaerobic digestion or energy production. That's that's not our interest. We want to build, uh, create compost because we want to build soil. And the only way to build soil and to restore soil is through uh, good quality compost. There is simply no other way. That is the natural way. I think that is such an important point you've made there about this, the soil being so valuable and that we need to replenish it. It doesn't, you know, we can't keep taking out of the soil and not putting it back. And composting does that. Well, as you say, it follows that natural cycle. So I'm so glad you put that in there because that's so key to why you're doing what you're doing, aren't you? Is to build up the, the soil rather than it go to landfill where it just produces methane and doesn't. That's right, yeah. I think perhaps, people make the presumption if it goes to landfill it breaks down and that's okay but it's um it's it's not it it doesn't have the same decomposition does it in in a landfill it doesn't break down the same way at all because landfill is an environment where oxygen isn't present therefore what you you have is anaerobic conditions where as you mentioned, uh, methane, methane, and which is a hugely hugely powerful greenhouse uh, gas you know, much more potent than uh, carbon dioxide. So landfill is <laughs> is a real recipe for disaster. Plastic, particularly plastic and food waste together in an environment with no oxygen is, it's hugely damaging to the environment and to us as a result. Um, the, and and there's, there's a global, global and the, we, we, are, we are like inundated with global concerns and crises, but there's a real crisis of soil depletion across the globe because of the way we farm. And you don't build soil by spreading fertilizer on it. That's not, that doesn't do anything. You need to build soil with organic matter you need to put organic matter on top of the soil surface. That's the only way to restore any depleted uh, landscapes, which we have many, particularly in the Western world. And the only way to do that is through efficient composting systems and methods. So that's that really there. There is no there is no short kind of 
quick win. Oh yeah, let's just do anaerobic digestion. Let's incinerate it. No, that's not that's not the solution. The solution really is efficient composting. And I'm not saying that because like, okay, compost works is going to save the world. But, you know, we, we are trying to do our bit um, in Liverpool uh, and hopefully inspire people to compost. And from those small changes, hopefully ripple effects um, and connecting with other composters across the globe. That's absolutely fantastic to hear about the, the story of the, the, your composting experience. I wonder if you can see what it would look like in 2050. How do you imagine food waste being managed by that time? I think food waste needs to be managed locally in the area where it's produced rather than in large regional sites where you you know require loads of transportation and you possibly have higher wastage rates and maybe poorer quality product because of the sheer volumes that you're processing. Uh, I think the answer is small scale waste management locally. So you, you can have low emission or no emission vehicles collecting food waste, you process it in smaller batches, you've got greater quality control, and then you can use the soil, you know, the compost locally. Um, there's lots of studies as well about like ur in urban environments, how much food could actually be, pr be produced in, in urban areas, in smaller, like smaller scale growing initiatives. Uh, and then that would stop our reliance on imported foods and mass like mono, monoculture um, farms. So there's a solution. I think the solution really is local, small scale. It's kind of going back into the way things were. And, you know, we, we take more responsibility of what we produce and we, we can see, see it being processed in our environment. I think that's the answer. I like that. And I'll tell you why. Because I think we can be so out of touch with stuff, can't we? We can, we can just pick things up and not think about where they've come from or where they go to. But that, that whole sense of what you say there is us being more connected to everything, isn't it? And knowing where it's come from, where, knowing where it's going to, being part of a community. It involves all those things. So it's, it's really great what you're doing. To, to, finish, to finish, Mina, I just wanted to ask, through setting up the social enterprise, I mean, your, your lifestyle, obviously, is you're very in touch with nature and, and, and the soil and the circularness of it all. I wonder, though, being part of the enterprise, whether it has altered anything else within your life, apart from, you know, pushing the boundaries of something new. I think it's teaching me, it's continuously teaching me to be more brave and to be more myself and to be kind of proud of what I know and proud of what I can do and how I can contribute to the greater good, really, which really I do firmly believe that that is if that's the drive, if that's the driving force behind people's actions, then that can really make you feel very, very good and very happy. So I think that's that's a really important aspect of what I'm doing is I feel really good about what I'm yeah. trying because I know I'm trying I'm trying to do the best I can for everybody and for particularly for our world.
Mm. And I, I think it's very empowering because your story tells of doing something on a personal level and making it a bit bigger to have more impact. And I think that's a lesson lots of us would like to be able to, to learn and see what we can do in, in a similar way. So it's been so interesting listening to you this morning. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It's been a joy. I so enjoyed chatting with Mina. Her story is a testament to the power of building on personal environmental interests to deliver more impact. Her vision is clear to make the most of food waste, to replenish the soil and prevent it from going into landfills or incineration. She has built an enterprise on giving more people the opportunity to be involved with composting. How wonderful is that? It's inspiring and quite joyous to see the additional benefits of a community coming together. The natural world can be a place where people gain a sense of belonging and giving back. To find out more about Compost Works, see the links in the show notes. I'd like to thank Andy Shaw for audio editing, Jeremy Jones for providing the music, and to you, of course, for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe to get automatic access to each new episode. And it would be lovely if you could rate, review and share the podcast too. It really helps. Until next time, bye for now.